0: Hi friends, Rual here. First, I just want to say thank you for all the great feedback you gave me after the first episode and welcome to episode 2 of the Tabletop Tonight podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to all my work all over the interwebs and enjoy the show. Hi friends, welcome to the latest and hopefully greatest uh, top 10 list uh, that I'm doing over the next 12 weeks. I'm doing 12 gift guides just for y'all to help with your holiday and beyond gift-giving gift, gu- uh, gift, um, gift giving season. And uh, last week, I did the top 10 first games for your collection, and this week, it's week two, so I figured, hey, the number two, let's do our top 10 two-player games. All right, uh, moving right to it, I've got a number 10, Claim. So this one, I Michelle and I really, really enjoyed this. We were surprised, actually, how much we enjoyed this because... I had heard uh, Claim was a good game. Um, it's a trick-taking game, so trick-taking is not our favorite mechanism, but it really works here. And I was surprised because everyone says Fox in the Forest is the best two-player trick-taking game. I like Fox in the Forest. I actually like the, uh, the Fox in the Forest duet, the co-op version as well. But Claim, it's more my jam. It's I think it's snappier. It's just quicker to play, and it's really um, an interesting um, way that they did trick-taking. It's um, basically you know you play your tricks. Uh, and it's set collection. You're trying to collect sets of uh, these uh, different factions, and you know you're going to score points depending on who has the most. Now, the thing that's really cool, it has it starts with I think you got four factions in the uh, this ba- uh, the base game, but then they have so many expansions with different factions, different abilities. You know, you play them, and then you know you just go through the deck. Uh, you shuffle all the factions up together. I think it's uh, four, maybe. And then as you can see, Michelle and I are just playing cards, playing tricks and. Whoever gets you know wins the trick will get that power or ability and at the end you're going to score depending on which uh, factions you get. Now I was again I was so surprised how much we like this and then I realized I didn't even uh, you know know this until we played it a few times. I don't know if I just sort of you know wasn't paying attention, but Scott Alms the designer of this. I love Scott Alms games. He does all the tiny epic games. He's done a bunch of cool stuff and claim is a wonderful, wonderful two-player game. Um, it's very easy to learn. Uh, you know, you, as long as you know basic trick-taking, and they do explain it in the rules, how trick-taking works, uh, you can you know, easily learn this and knock out a game in like 15, 20 minutes. So if you like trick-taking game for a two-player version, I think this one, again, Fox and the Force is a good one. I prefer Claim, and it has a ton of expansions, and that's why it's our number 10. Alright, let's move on to our number nine two-player game, uh, Codenames Duet. So, yeah, this, this is my version of Codenames that I enjoy. And I played it uh, here online. I played it with Michelle, but here I got to join my buddy Jazz from the lobby of hobbies. And hey, I just happened to be wearing a shirt. That was totally coincidence. I swear I didn't uh, I didn't uh, set that up. But funny how it works. Um uh, Codenames Duet, Codenames folks, I mean the like party game of the last five, six years or so, it's been a huge hit. You can find it everywhere. Uh, this is the one that is a uh, two-player specific version where you're cooperating, trying to get all the uh, answers there. So basic codenames works. So you say one word, and you're trying to uh, get your partner in this case to guess the words that it's uh, related to. So in this case, I see you know words like you know tiger, uh, meter, engine, memory. If you said something like animal one, that means your clue animal relates to one of those words so you would probably pick uh, tiger and you know what you're trying to do though is try to be a lot more efficient you're you know you're trying to get it within a certain time frame a certain number of turns so you want to do words that could sort of like talk about more than one word so you, your partner can guess you know hey if I did animal three what three okay obviously tiger but hey maybe another animal could be you know this one or that one you never know like ruler ruler you don't think about animals ruler but hey King of the uh, king of the jungle is a lion. Maybe that's ruler. And that's what the brilliance is of uh, code names right that that's sort of like trying to figure out what your opponents uh, get into their heads and see you know there's a lot of a lot of meta to this as well now the code name is duet thing what i like is that you're gonna have two assassins so what are the assassins glad you asked for well <laughs> the assassins are words that you do not want your uh your partner to guess or else you just lose immediately so you know it's got this very thin theme of you know being spies or whatever and trying to get the code Uh, correct code to them so you want to avoid uh, saying those words and it's always funny when you say a word give a clue and then you realize right after you say it oh no it could totally relate to the uh, assassin oh that's so such a funny feeling but it's a great party game. I like the two-player version better. Uh, just it just works better for me and Michelle. I know there was like a there was a variant that we there was in the original Codenames that you could play too, but I feel like this just works better. You know, you work on the same board like this, and you have you know different um, uh, objectives, and you are still trying not to get find those assassins. And they actually have like this little map that you can go on where you're you know going from different countries, and I, it's like a like almost like a campaign style. I haven't even touched that yet, but that is a great number nine. Two-player game, Codenames Duet. All right, let's move on to our number eight best two-player games for 2022, a classic, Star Realms. I will always love Star Realms. There have been... I mean, there's a lot of deck-building games, and I actually probably prefer... I, I mean, I should have put on those lists if I prefer, but I, I just... I I really enjoy Shards of Infinity. But there's something... Star, Star Realms is an evergreen title. They're always releasing... You know expansions to it. They have solo modes here. I'm playing with a hey, my friend Amy Dallin uh, on um, on Steam right here. We played that. I I don't know. Did she? I think she crushed me. Did she win? I I forget. But shout out to Amy. She's a wonderful person. Um, y'all know her on the internet, in the interwebs. Uh, actor. You know. Um, uh, geek. Uh, ge- gaming geek. Uh, you know. Comic geek. Oh, she's she's the best. She actually. I we played. Um, this one on my channel, we played a uh, Clank uh, on a uh, uh, game, the game over there on Geek and Sundry. So I am very back for you know to have a uh, rematch, a, a deck building rematch. But anyways, deck building, a two player game. This is. One of the first, if uh, not the really first like battle uh, deck building where it was like you versus your opponent, like head to head. So this is a lot of like, you know, you're trying to knock them down to zero health or authority in this case uh, to win the game. It's got the, sci- you know, sci-fi theme, which of course I'm always going to love. But all the expansions, they bring in, you know, different thing, different ab- abilities, different types of cards. And what I love too is they have solo mode. So Star Realms Frontiers is the one that introduced the solo mode where you have like you know uh, a big like um, uh, nemesis beast or i forget the name of, of all the different challenges but like the nemesis beast is like the um, blob the green one and they have certain things so when you draw cards it'll you'll see it'll show you how to you know react to it and what they do for damage and you're trying to knock them down to zero oh it's it's so much fun you can see here uh, amy and i had a great time playing this is just the base game in which i still I play a ton of this on on the app. So if you are, you know, on the app, oh look, look at that! I'm doing some silly stuff on uh, Twitch. Uh, who would have guessed? Um, uh, if you're on the uh, the app, find me at Ruel Gaviola. I I always have constantly like three, four, or five games running. It's just it's it's like a no brainer at this point, but it's so much fun. Um, so that is my number eight, Star Realms, a fantastic uh, deck building game uh, on our two player list here. Let's move on to my number seven best two-player games, Seven Wonders Duel. This, oh man, I could have easily ranked this higher, but I have, I'll have i be honest, I haven't played it in a little while. Um, I may have burned out a little bit on this, but it's still uh, outstanding, outstanding design. It made, like, as much as I enjoyed uh, Seven Wonders, I totally prefer, and I think a lot of people prefer the two-player version. It's just clever, and... Number one, I just love the fact that science doesn't require a calculator anymore when you do the science uh, scoring. Uh, but as you can see, the table hey, I'm playing with my friend Christian Kang. I Oh, Christian, one of my all-time favorite YouTube channels. Um, he moved on from content creation, but I, uh, I actually uh, played games with him on BGA still. Um, here's uh, the game that we played on BGA, some Winners Duel, but um, he's doing fine, and uh, it's always, it's uh, I'm happy to see him. Uh, you know, uh, we got to play uh, Seven Wonders Duel. and that was, that was a great time. So, you know, it's a Tableau Builder. You are collecting resources in the early rounds and trying to get those point scoring um, buildings in your civilization later. There's also military. In this case, the military, I love this, uh, in Seven Wonders Duel, it's more of a tug of war. So you're literally pulling, uh, pushing or pulling that um, military uh, token left or right, depending on how much um, strength you have, uh, rather than comparing it to your partners in the regular Seven Wonders. Um, science is more of a set collection thing. You're collecting symbols, and um, which is similar to the science and some wonders, but it doesn't have that funky, like you know, hey, if you have three of a certain type, then you can you have like certain multiplier and so forth. Um, you still build your wonders. And you're taking cards, and you know, I love, I, I really do love the way the cards are set up in this tableau because you can plan sort of, um, you know, with what you see there. But there's going to be an every pyramid or every shape. Um, I'll move up in the video a little bit. You'll see the shape changes. You'll be able to see some of uh, the upcoming resources or buildings. And then there's other ones that you cannot see. So it's got a little push your luck to it. Like, oh, do I do I take the sure thing or do I try to open up some more cards to see what's there? And that's what I, I think it's a brilliant design. And it actually elevated for me Seven Wonders Duel from over the original. So that's number seven. I had to put it in number seven. Come on, Seven Wonders Duel makes sense, right? I'm going to hydrate real quick. So that's number seven of two-player games. Uh, Let's move on to my number six. It's not Six Wonders Duel. It is a brand new game, Splendor Duel. Michelle and I, my gosh, we love Splendor. And actually, if you go back and watch my uh, previous uh, week's uh, episode, uh, first 10 games in a collection, you'll see Splendor was on there. Now, on this one, the two-player version of the list, Splendor Duels, it shot right up immediately in our top 10. I love Splendor Duel. Michelle and I absolutely adore the original. I like this one better, straight up. We did this for the Rado channel. That's um, us uh, doing our playthrough. It takes Splendor, folks. And again, Bruno Cathala, I didn't mention his name. So um, Antoine uh, Bauza did Seven Wonders Duel. Brought and Bruno Cathala did Seven Wonders uh, Duel. Um, Now Marc Andre, the original designer of Splendor, Brings in Bruno Cathala and he does it again, folks. It is he's two for two. Bruno Cathala at this point, folks. I mean, he's like the the Nate Dog of designers, right? You bring it in guaranteed hit. <laughs> I can't believe some of the stuff that comes out of my, my mouth sometimes. Did I just compare Bruno Cathala to Nate Dog? Yes, I did. I mean, he's more than that. You know, Nate Dog. Uh, he was. more... <laughs> what am I doing? I'm bringing up. You know, rest in peace, Nate Dog. But anyways, Bruno Cathala, a great designer in his own right. But, you know, you bring him in, he's going to produce hits with you. Splendor, it's a light engine building game. You're taking gems and trying to um, convert them to bring in bigger and better uh, gems for the royalty there. As you can see, though, instead of the gems that you just choose, you know, uh, at, you know whatever you want in the original game. Here, you've got to stick to what's on the board. You can take up to three adjacent. So you're not always going to get the colors you want so you got to deal with that and then here as well you have an additional um, uh, gem or a resource called the pearl and those are very rare there's only two in the whole thing and then you have three different victory conditions so cards are going to cost different uh, uh, they're going to cost different prices of different gems. You can either win, like in the original, I think the original is 15 prestige points, victory points. In this one, you need 20 to win in your little tableau. Because as you're buying cards, you're building a tableau that gives you discounts for future purchases. You can also win by winning with uh, 10 crowns. So some of the cards have crowns on them. And finally, you can win with 10 points on one color. So if you had prestige points in like you know blue, black, green, whatever if you have 20 altogether that's you win but if you had like 10 points strictly on like black you win again so there's three different win conditions and i love that and then you have the privilege tokens as well whenever you replenish the board your um opponent gets one of the, uh, the privilege tokens allows you to grab any one token from the board in addition to your regular turn oh man this is so good and you'll i don't know if you can see there yeah you can on some of the uh, different um, cards that you buy. Uh, Not only do they have crowns, but they give you different abilities. So one will let you grab a token from the board. Another will let you steal a token from your opponent. So just a little bit of take that in this game. Uh, Another token or another uh, card a power on lets you take another turn immediately. Uh, There is also, in this case, instead of the nobles are called Royals. Uh, They're each worth two points, except one of them is just worth three points straight up. The ones worth two points, when you fulfill the requirements, um, you get uh, an additional ability. So in this case, instead of having different uh, certain colors to get the nobles or royalty, in this case, you have to have a certain number of crowns. So for your first three crowns, you get one noble or royalty, and for the uh, six crowns, you'll get a second royal. Um, oh, I love this! It is totally, uh, totally, you know, taking Splinter to the next level. We loved it. Um, so that's why it's our number six. I could talk about this game all day long. It's it's literally. A brand new game, I think it'll be out. Um, let me see what it's October 12th as I'm recording this. It should be out by next month, and we we're very lucky to uh, get an early copy of this. Uh, to do on the Rado channel. That's our number six, Splendor Duel. Thanks for um, listening to me just rant about that one. I, I love the game. Uh, let's move on to uh, number five best two player game, uh, two player games, folks. Lost Cities, a classic. And uh, oh, here is Amanda and Daryl playing Lost Cities during Gaviola Game Day on my channel a little um yeah you can see it there yeah so lost cities i had to have a canizia on here and i i really it was a toss-up honestly between lost cities and shot and totten i think those two are brilliant brilliant two-player games and you know i just realized i didn't talk about um, some of the criteria for the um list today the criteria mainly has consisted of one one thing here the games that are selected for this list folks are two-player only games so I liked a lot of games at two-player, like the original Splendor, but that actually plays two to four players. These that are on the list today are strictly two-player games. And Lost Cities, this game, look at this, its it was released in 1999. Folks, that is over 20 years ago, and it's still one of my favorites. I play a bunch of this on BGA, um, and it's always a good time. It's got this really nice tension where you're drawing a card, and you mu- or you must play a card first. Then you draw a card and you're trying to, um, you know, it's really a light, super light theme of like adventuring like Indiana Jones style. But uh, basically it's just a tableau builder. You you have cards numbered two through ten in uh, various colors. And you're trying to, um, you know, lay them down and get them in sequential order. Going two, three, four, etc. You can skip numbers. But here's the thing. Once you start any expedition or any uh, uh, tableau or column in your tableau you get negative 20 points. So Reiner Kinesi, don't mess around. You play one, you better, you got to be committed. You lose 20 points immediately. But once you start playing the cards, they're going to start, you know, chipping away at that negative 20. And, you know, hopefully you'll get the big 10 pointer because then that'll put you, usually put you over the edge. Now they do have these things called handshakes, basically uh, uh, doublers. So you get double points. So, oh, it's, it's really interesting. Like, you know, sometimes there's just no time Or You have no card to play. What, how do you play it? You can play in the middle of the board, that but that means your opponent can take it, you know. So, you don't want to help your opponent. But if you play it in front of your um tableau, then you have to commit and make sure you get those points. Oh, it's so good. I, I, it's such a clean design and it's very pretty much what I love about Kinesia games very low rules overhead, very high in strategic depth and really holds up well uh, to multiple plays, right? Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. And they actually, he's actually done three versions of this, uh, like his other games where he does iterations. Um, They've actually rethemed, I think it was, was it Celtis? I forget the name of it. But that became Lost Cities, the board game, which Michelle and I enjoy too. We still, we have all our Lost Cities. We have Lost Cities, the card game, which you're watching right now, or the one I'm talking about right now. Uh, Lost Cities, the board game, which takes a similar mechanism to, Uh, Building up, but it actually has a board that you go and explore and stuff and then lost cities the rolling right Which I probably like the least but I still love the fact that it captures the feeling of the original lost cities We have them all three of them actually got rid of the boxes for two of them and just put it all in the board game box But I had to pick this one because it's two players only Uh, The other ones they can play up to four I believe but oh It's a classic for a reason lost cities folks if you're gonna get a Reiner Knizia game today, this would be it it's it's totally affordable and um it's a it's a classic for a reason it's brilliant love it okay gonna move on to my number four but say bye to daryl and amanda bye daryl and amanda <laughs> number four oops where'd it go oh okay uh number four is watergate yeah the this this has been one of mine michelle's favorite games of recent years uh, thematically it's brilliant it is about the watergate scandal back in the 70s And what you're doing is one player is the Watergate administration, the other player is the press, you know, the Washington Post and all of them trying to take down the Nixon administration while the Nixon administration is trying to make it through till uh, the next election and, uh, you know, get away with their crimes, basically. As you can see, a lot of things going on here, but at its heart, it is a hand management game. I like to call this a mini Twilight Struggle. Um, It has a very similar thing where you're playing event cards doing the actions, but you're trying to save some of them and for later. So certain cards you play, you have to get rid of them out of the game. Other cards will recycle uh, in your game. And there's, you can see there uh, in the video, I'm playing an event. So you can play cards for their number value or you can take the event and that'll make them, if you do the event, they're gonna get kicked out of the game. It's a one-time thing, but you can also take it for uh, the number, which is gonna give you, um, let me skip ahead here in the video. Uh, You are going to be playing the number Uh, to move a token uh, up uh, up here and i totally forget what it's called but it's on the bulletin board it's like a tug of war so if you get to five on either side then your opponent will um you get to do something uh you get to move the momentum uh to your side like uh, can the nixon administration ride out this wave of bad press or can the bad or can the press take down the dirty nixon administration it's up to you to you know play play your cards right so uh, and so uh, literally right um, I love the tug of war aspect. There's also like a network building thing. So you'll see uh, you got President Nixon in the middle. Your, the press is trying to connect all these clues. I mean, it's super thematic, but it's really an abstract as well. You know, you're just trying to connect from one of the um, witnesses, uh, try to get them to basically rat out the president. As, as you do, you place tokens. And if you can uh, get two of them to the president, then you've taken down the administration. You The press has done its job oh man i love this game i michelle and i we really uh, we love the theme the gameplay is sharp but the theme really i mean it's funny the rule book you'll read the rule book half of it's you know the rules and it's really uh, easy to understand but the other half is literally the history of the event so it's it's an educational game as well which i you know again michelle's a teacher and we both appreciate that oh it's a fantastic game highly recommend this is one of our favorite games of recent years and uh, for us, it's a never game. We will continue to a- enjoy that. Uh, so that's our number four two-player game, Watergate. Moving on number three, getting to the top three folks. Another, gosh, I love these games. This is Targi. And hey, here I am playing with uh, Jackie from Show uh, Show Me How to Win. I haven't seen Jackie in a while. I hope she's doing well. I, I should say hi to her. But this one, uh, she crushed me on this. This is a worker placement game. So brilliantly done. And it's two players. And what you're doing, you're trying to collect different sets of of uh, resources to turn those in uh, for your own private tableau, and you're going to score those uh, based on you know what um, uh, sets you've collected. You'll get various points. But what what's really clever about this, and I don't think I've seen this in other worker placement games. You have two or three workers. You place them on the outer edge of a tableau, and then you know that's that's your turn. You and your opponent take turns, and then at the end of that, you are going to look at the cross section where those your um, meeples or your workers go and then you're gonna place um, your marker there and then that's those are the actions you can take You're gonna take the action on the, your original meeples that you place down Then you're gonna take an action at the intersection of where they you know met and that's so clever And I haven't seen it. I, I can't think of any other game that does this and especially with worker placement It's it's a brilliant design the expansion adds more stuff to it. I love it. Um, it's About a 45-minute game. This is probably one of the more, uh, probably a little deeper, more complex um, worker placement games. And I don't mean complex. I shouldn't say complex. It's just a deeper thinking game because you have so many options as to where you can place your workers. And, you know, where do you go first? Are you trying to line up one column? Because once you put your work in a column, your opponent cannot, cannot go there. Now, there are some abilities that let you break those rules, which I love. And you'll, you know, you see that on the outer edge. So as you go, and you also have to worry about bandits. You know, you're out in the desert here trying to, you know, take care of your tribe. Bandits are going to try to steal some of your resources. So you got to be careful of that as well because every corner that you get to, uh, you know, that's the timer of the game. Each corner, you're going to have to give up either victory points or resources. So you sort of have to plan for that. You want to block your opponents as well. Oh, and it it's so, so good. Targi. I love Targi. It's one of my favorite worker placement games, period. But uh, for two-player, the best two-player worker placement game out there. And that is Targi, folks. All right, let's move on to our number two. We got top two. Uh, what do y'all think it's gonna be? Number two, Akrotiri. I do not hear enough about this game. I do not know why. I think, well, here's Rado playing it back in the day. This is when he was still in Malta. Um, it, this can be, a this is a, a brain burner. Um, it is a two-player game They say you can play four players if you combine two copies. I would never want to play this at four players to be honest. It's just way too much downtime because you really got to think this out. It's a tile lane game, Uh, you know, you're just uh, exploring the islands and trying to get resources to discover uh, these temples. You know, when you have a certain number, you go and you take the action. Uh, But here's the thing, the thing that makes this so good, it's got this market manipulation mechanism market manipulation mechanism wow the three m's folks uh, <laughs> where you are trying to get goods a uh, pick up and deliver you know certain goods from certain islands and deliver them back to the main island and whatever the market is at that point that's how much money you're going to get though that money is going to help you get more tiles more missions the secret missions uh give you abilities and so forth oh man oh man this is a senfu ling and Jay Cormier, they are a brilliant pair of designers. Anytime I see their name on the box, I'm like immediately inter- interested. They do so much good stuff. They've done a bunch of those, um, the haunted, oh, escape. It's like escape games that they do with the op, like the uh, the Haunted Mansion one with the Scooby-Doo. They did the Shining. Those are all excellent. And they've also done, I think, oh, totally underrated game of theirs, folks. If you ever get a chance to check it out, there's a Godfather Dice game. Oh, now I forget the name of it. The Godfather... I'll put it in the show notes, um, uh, in, in the YouTube video, but it's such an underrated game. It's like Las Vegas, the dice game, but more for gamers. It's got area control to it. Really underrated game. But anyways, this game, Terry you're laying down tiles and it's a, you know, you're building routes along here so your ship can uh, move around. And as you discover different tiles, that's gonna uh, different, um, temples are gonna pop up that you want to try to dig up. And you know, hey, I, I've done this archaeological find. I found the uh, temple. It's a race to six. And you have—it's an action selection meets tile lane meets pick up to deliver. It's so much going on. It's super. I won't, I don't want to say super crunchy, but boy, you can really—it's—it's it's a brain burner for two. It's wonderful. I absolutely love it. I don't. I don't know. I. I'm not sure why more people don't talk about. It. I think it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's my number two, Acroteri. And now let's move on to our number one, friends. This is it. This is it. <laughs> my favorite, Michelle's favorite, too, for two-player, it's a classic, it's Patchwork from Uga Rosenberg. I just, I think this is a, such a clean, clean design. We love tile, we love um polyomino games, and this one has the perfect mix of, number one, I just love the theme. No, there's no other, I, I have no other quilting games in my collection, right? I love the theme. It's different, right? And I, I love when you know companies or designers or publishers or developers uh, do something a little outside of the box. You know, like not everything has to be Vikings and you know uh, zombies and sci-fi or fantasy. Whatever, why not a quilting game? Um, So what you're doing here, you're building a quilt uh, using polyamina pieces and you go through and it's got this really just wonderful currency system. You're getting buttons and actually in the video you can see uh, I love this game so much I got actual buttons from the dollar store uh, to uh, use in the game. Uh, So the buttons, certain quilt pieces have the buttons on them and you're going to be using those, spending those to buy more pieces uh, uh, in your quilt. But then the, the timing comes along. Each piece has a timer, and you're going to move along the timer track, and that's going to determine the end of the game. So you don't want to go too fast, but you don't want to go too slow and miss out the pieces you want. And as you fill up the pieces, um, you know you're filling up your quilt. You're going to move along the track. Anytime you hit a button, you're going to get income. You're going to get more buttons uh, based on what you have on your quilt already. Oh, Michelle always crushes me in this game. I, I love it. And you don't, you know, now I'm thinking. Of it, I was talking about earlier that uh, on BGA. Um, you know, I play a lot. I played in a patchwork tournament, I play second. I think all those times losing Michelle really helped me, help my patchwork game because she's really good about getting the income going. So I started doing that, uh, taking her lead in that. Anyways, um, the, the game is just so smooth, it takes about 20 25 minutes. It's a two player only, and as you can see, Michelle's using her little uh tweezers or tongs there to grab the pieces. Well, trying to grab the pieces, uh, because uh, you know, going across the table, there's a lot of a lot of pieces here and you're trying to fit it in perfectly in your quilt because any at the end of the uh, game just like uh some uva rosenberg classics you're gonna get negative points for empty spaces and there is a lot of t- there are a lot of times you're gonna end with two negative scores so if you can fill them all up the first to have like a seven by seven grid you're gonna get bonus points i think the uh, total thing is nine by nine but it's it's super tense especially towards the end of the game because you want those pieces that'll fit because if you can't fit them then you got to pass, uh, folks, and that that always hurts. But anyways, that is a brilliant game. I mean, I love all these uh, games that we talked about, but Patchwork is my number one uh, top uh, two-player game. So, friends, thank you so much for joining me. That has been the top two-player games for 2022. I'm doing 12 different gift guides, so click on the link below for my top 10 first games of the collection. You've been watching the top two-player games, and next week, for week number three... I don't think I'll do top three player games, but who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we'll do it. We'll we'll see. But come back next week. And um, if you haven't already, check out the one we did last week. Until next time, thanks again for watching and we'll see you later. Bye. Hi, friends. Ruel again. If you'd like to support this show or anything that I do board game related on the interwebs, please check out my Patreon at Ruel Gaviola. That's R-U-E-L-G-A-V-I-O-L-A. And be sure to join my Discord community, which you can find the link to in the show notes for this episode. Thanks again, and happy gaming!